This is the Mile High Five podcast with Carl Jensen and Doug Cunnington. We have authentic conversations about the journey to Phi, health, happiness, and some very odd tangents. We interview Phi experts, side hustlers, people on their way to Phi, and those who have reached the other side. Join us every week, and if you want the show notes and links and all that other stuff, head over to milehighfi.com. Hello, world. Welcome to the Mile High Fi podcast. I am Carl Jensen with my co-host. I'm Doug Cunnington. And Doug, we're going to talk about something interesting to open up, but first I have to back up a second. Uh, in case it isn't obvious to to listeners, we put a lot of time and effort into planning for this. We've got these this Trello thing and... Often we text each other, so uh, I'm sure people could see the quality and know that we spent hours preparing <laughs> for, for every episode. But anyway, when we're in preparation for this, Doug, you sent me a text saying, let's do this new concept I have called a grab bag. And I said, oh yeah, Doug, that sounds great. Let's definitely go with a grab bag. But something went wrong in my response to you. And instead of grab bag, it said crab bag, like the uh, the sea creatures. Crustacean. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> crustaceans. So I'm like, yeah, Doug, let's do the crab bag, which sounds kind of not good. It sounds like an STD or something. You've got crabs on your bag. Yeah, that is that is what we used to call them. <laughs> <laughs> I implied nothing by that. That was just Google Translate, but maybe Google Translate, maybe it was a Freudian slip on the, right. on the uh, phone. And I wonder if crab bag is a more common usage than grab bag. I don't know. I'm not sure. I don't use either one too often, but definitely I, I say grab bag more often than crab bag, but we don't live near the ocean. Do you like to eat crabs? Doctor? Yeah, I love them. I love crab legs. Um, used to have them a lot when I was younger, but yeah, not so often now. Again, far from the ocean here. Yeah. Another really quick side topic. Have you heard about what's going on with the uh, giant crabs in Alaska or whatever? Yeah. So those giant crabs where you get the crab legs from, apparently their populations have just disappeared and no one knows if they died off due to a parasite or they just went somewhere else, but like they're down to 10% of what oh. normally is expected. So I was in Costco and I didn't expect it, but I see crabs like in their, in their freezer section. Do you know how much a box of king crab crab legs were no three hundred and seventy nine dollars wow yeah that's crazy well hopefully they recover and I, I we usually when i had them i don't think we got the the king crab legs it was like another i don't know what we got but i mean they were big maybe they were maybe they were but the last time i had them i think was in alaska like in anchorage or whatever so do, do you eat crab legs or uh I've probably had them four or five times in my life, and they are pretty good, but not $379 good. What's the most expensive meal you've ever had? Oh, I don't know. I'm not sure. I don't think it was anything too too insane. Maybe like, you know, 100, 150 bucks a person, something like that. Okay. So, I mean, obviously expensive, but not super insane. It's like, uh, you had a couple drinks in there, dessert, uh, probably a nice steakhouse or something. What about you? Do you even know? I think it was about a little bit over 200. It was at this uh, famous Mexican place in Chicago called Frontera Grill. It was really good, but we talked about this before. I'm 90% as happy with a $5 Taco Bell box. So right. And that's uh, what, 40 visits? Did you say $200? It's like 40. Yeah. Uh, is that right? Did I do the math right? Yeah, 40 times five, wow. 200. Good job. Actually, like 20 because Mindy and I, two people, but still 20. Yeah. It was good, but not that good. Yeah. And it's all right. I actually have a story about food coming up. So 
Um, you, you mentioned uh, grab bag, and basically, this was inspired uh, by our friends over at How to Money. They do a Friday flight, is what they call it, and they, they're all about beer. They actually drink beer on the show. They have uh, one that they feature, then they'll talk about it at the end. So it's kind of like a, a um, inspired from a flight of beer. So they do uh, maybe news stories, some other stuff. They're sort of shorter episodes and, you know, they move quick from different topics. So I was like, Carl and I have different different topics to talk about. And a lot of times we'll uh, not move quickly enough. This will keep us moving. And we actually have like six points or something on here to go over. So uh, we're going to try this out. Definitely let us know if you dig these kind of episodes because um, we could do more. I know we always just have like random stuff, which probably shouldn't or can fill a full episode. So this this is kind of perfect for us. Yes. It, just to clarify, we are doing the grab bag with a G and not the crab bag today. I don't even know what that would look like, Doug, to be honest with you. I'm sure it would be great. It could be a t-shirt. You could mock that up. Little crabs with uh, asparagus arms or something like that. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Cool. I'm something on like it. that. Okay. So we have a couple of various things and we'll go back and forth. So, uh, one thing that I just did is I opened a new checking account. So I I was kind of in the market for the last couple of years, but I didn't have a super compelling reason. I don't go to the ATM too often, but my bank is, you know, in Georgia, right? They're not even located uh, like this side of the Mississippi at all. And I've had the account for a long time and I was like, I probably need to switch. Finally, I got a a bonus, and this is actually from Chase, uh, $300 bonus if you just open a checking account. So I opened one there, and um, I'll probably move everything over and close that old account. So 300 bucks, I just had to set up direct deposit, which actually turned out to be problematic. I'm self-employed, they and I don't have an external payroll um, company handling things. I do it myself with my accountant. So anyway, it was hard to set up the direct deposit, uh, but I just got my wife to set up direct deposit from her account. And um, I don't think Chase listens to this. We both did it. Um, and I'm not sure if it's, you know, per household or individual. I assume it's individual because they easily can see we have the same address. But yeah, 300 bucks. They paid it within like five days. Cool. Does it pay any interest or? No, I'm sure not. Okay. Still, that's a <laughs> lot of money, even at like 3% interest. It would take a long time to earn that much money. Yeah. And do you have a checking account where you earn interest in there? Uh, I do not. I do have my checking account at Chase. I kind of hate them, but yeah. uh, because of inertia or lack of motivation, I do not move it. Um, yeah, no interest. I keep most money extra cash in a American Express savings account. But I'm thinking about moving that. Some of them are paying like... Close to 4% now. I saw yeah. one today. I don't remember who it was, but yeah, time to move on. I remember uh, back in the day, like right after I got a job, I think it was like ING Direct and then it changed to Capital One. But I remember back in the day they were paying, you know, much higher percentage rate than traditional, you know, big banks. And um, I guess ING was purchased or acquired by Capital One, but I think they still have like a decent... And I have an account active over there, so I need to check it out. But yeah, it's kind of a pain in the butt to switch or open accounts or whatever. And it's just, it's really easy not to. Yeah, I had that same account and I still do. It's in my Capital One portal whenever I log in. Yep. It doesn't pay anything for interest now, though, I don't think. I should check that. Yeah, we should double check because if, if it's just a matter of like moving the money over, then 
it's all smoke and mirrors anyway. We're like, move money from this account to the other other bank. It's kind of conspiracy theory. Okay, so yep. that's me. What's uh, your first one here? Yeah, so the other morning I had to drive in rush hour, and I, I forgot how miserable that was. I didn't even have far to go. I had to go two or three miles, so... I'm driving, and the first thing that happened is I had to make a left. I was on third, and I had to make a left on the main, and there was someone walking across the street, so I couldn't go. I pulled out to make my left, but someone's walking across the street, and apparently the person in back of me didn't see that. He starts laying on his horn, and I could see him screaming and yelling. I'm like, dude, there's someone right there in the intersection. And as soon as we got through, he sped past me and gave me a dirty look and all that. But then the other thing I realized, and I'd like to know, how you drive, Doug. I'm trying to change my life around. So what I do now, except when I show up for recordings, which all the time I'm pretty much perpetually late. I was at Lowe's today. But I try to arrive places like 15 minutes ahead of time. And what I'll do is I'll bring my Kindle, not my phone. I'll bring my Kindle and just read a book or sit there. Or sometimes I'll lock the car and take a walk. Like when I pick my kids up, I just park it and walk. And what that allows me to do is live a little bit less hectically. It's uh, is hectically a word. I don't think so, but it makes for a more pleasant day. I think so. Yeah. In rush hour, it, it, and what this translates to is I don't drive fast. I used to drive like a maniac, like always pushing the speed limit. But now I'll drive like the speed limit, or maybe even a little bit under, and kind of like force myself to look around it. If you do that, especially at rush hour, lots of other people get very, very mad at you. They're trying to speed around, and I'm in the right lane. Like I'm a I'm not a jerk driver. I'm not in the left lane dogging it, but yeah. So I'm going down main there and this, this uh, person's in a big black SUV just on my ass. And as soon as she got around me, she gives me a dirty look and raises her hand like that. Didn't give me the bird. It wasn't that offensive, but I wasn't even doing anything wrong. So I'm like, man, I'm glad I don't have to do that anymore. And I, I suppose it's a good reminder and a good reason to be thankful that I don't have to do that every day. Like you, you drive a lot less than me, Doug. Do you find driving right. stressful or? Not usually. So typically I'm, I'm not in a hurry and typically it's not during rush hour. So I know if you insert me into rush hour, I am, I'll degrade back to what you described for the person behind you. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, I just go back to what I used to do and just be like impatient. And the thing is like, I'm pretty calm most of the time, but it's like, if you, if you keep getting like behind this, the slow lane or whatever, like at the beginning of office space, you know, you switch lanes. And then, so if, if I fall into that trap, I'll degrade quickly. But to your point, I usually am going like the speed limit or slower. And then the reality is, and I know people that are in a hurry and sit in rush hour traffic, they won't get this. But with traffic lights, usually everybody just has to stop at the same fucking traffic light, right? So the person past you, I know the intersection you're talking about, there's like eight more traffic lights, not that many. There's like five more for the next couple of miles. Like I'm pretty sure the person was just next to you waiting at the next traffic light and the next one and the next one until she got out of downtown. Like she gained nothing. Like even if you went faster and there was no pedestrian, the reality is it didn't slow you down because you had to stop anyway, right? It's funny you mentioned that because I do, I, I keep track of it just as like a, because I'm curious, is driving aggressive really going to get you that much for that much farther? And when I got to Niwot Road, like she was ahead of me, but I pulled up to the same light right behind her. So yeah, yeah. there we were. 
and then then I'll move on. So there was a dude who was tailgating on Martin um, by on the way to Taco Bell. So on Martin, and the speed limit's like 35 there. It kind of opens up a little bit, but uh, it's like 35. I was going 30, and he was on my bumper of black uh, pickup truck. On my bumper, he would get really close and then kind of back off and then get really close, but I didn't let him shake me. Georgie was in the car next to me, sunny day. I was like, this is great. Some great song was on the radio. So I'm like, all right, this is cool. Like, fuck that guy, right? And then as soon as we got to the roundabout, it's a two-lane roundabout, he tried to quickly zoom around me to the next stoplight, right? And then I'm ahead of him because he got into the other lane. So I'm like five cars ahead of him. And I could have actually like got in front of him and the five other cars too. I wasn't going that way and I didn't need to prove the point. <laughs> but the I went slower and actually went faster because he was in a hurry and he was trying to zoom around me. So... Yeah. So now at this point, 90% of the time I I drive slow. I don't intentionally try to annoy people behind me, but if I'm going slow and they get annoyed, it's not my fault. (laughs) (laughs) So that's a good one. And so you're trying to go slower. You're trying to to park farther away and just kind of like intentionally slow yourself down. Yeah. I think there's a good life lesson in there. If you're if you're running from place to place, the time seems to fly by faster and your joys are, your days are less enjoyable. 100%. My next one is uh, I'm reading all about happiness. So I just read The Happiness Project. I re-listened to uh, 4,000 Weeks, which I think that maybe the third or fourth time through, really enjoy that book. And... Currently, I'm reading, uh, it's called Maybe You Should Talk to Someone by Lori, I forget the name, but that one's actually about therapy, and um, my wife read it and was like, oh, it's pretty good, you should check it out, and I will be reading uh, Stumbling on Happiness, which I haven't read yet, but I've heard recommended a couple times, so I'm trying to get a lot of that stuff to the forefront, and hopefully we'll have some episodes about topics that are covered in each one of those different books, and maybe like tie a thread between them together because there's a lot of stuff that I'm very interested in but I maybe haven't put the time in personally especially like on a long uh, long time scale so have you read any of those books uh, I started reading the happiness project in 4,000 weeks uh, for some reason I got distracted and did not finish them uh, happiness project is is that Gretchen Rubin it is yeah okay what did you think of that one I loved it I actually uh, read it the first time maybe six years ago and for People that don't know the book, basically, she took one month per year and focused on a certain aspect of her life and happiness and tried to improve on that. And then towards the end of the year, she realized, you know, some things worked and some things didn't. And then she tried to, like, really capitalize on the things that worked for her. So I I liked it. I liked the way it was written. I like her sense of humor and the speed that the the book goes. So like I finished it really quickly the first time. And then when I read through it again, I also finished it quickly. So I enjoy that kind of experimental book, um, especially where they, it's kind of a case study. Like they, they do the thing and they journal it along the way. So I, I like those. It sounds like maybe it didn't, it didn't catch you. Right. Well, I think it did. I just get busy and then I tend to drop books, the 4,000 weeks book you had recommended. And uh, you even gave me the audio book and I was in a car. 
sometimes it's harder for me to focus. I was on a road trip driving through these national parks, so I had a hard try, hard time mm. focusing. But I am going to return to them. Happiness is something I think a lot about. Uh, yeah, I'm curious to see here if you have any great learnings from these things. One thing I've always thought about with happiness is I don't think there's any – there's probably not a lot of big single things you can do to be happy. I think it's a uh, accumulation of a bunch of smaller things like maybe sleeping well at night because that definitely has an effect on hormone levels and exercise and having a routine. But, uh, yeah, I'm curious. We don't have to talk about this now. This sounds like it could be a whole episode, but I'd – Love to hear what you discover. You seem like a generally happy person, so it surprises me that you're reading these books, Doug. Takes work, you know. Um, yeah, I think I think we could maybe even do like a whole month and maybe like bring some guests in to talk about certain aspects. So yeah, I'll, I'll come back with a proposal for you on Ooh, that. Ooh, that's a great idea. The yeah. happiness month. Yeah, and I think people. I mean, when you're when you're in the you know tail end of trying to reach phi or Afterwards, like a lot of people gravitate towards these ideas where like you're not trying to earn money or optimize things as much. You're like, okay, maybe you can take the slower route because it's more scenic while you're driving, for example, and then walk yep. <laughs> and take longer time. Um, and speaking of books, we actually are putting together a like recommended books page. It'll be at milehighfi.com slash books. And We'll put each of our recommendations. It'll be sort of a short list starting off, but we'll add to it over time as we uh, read more things. And I think initially it'll be mostly nonfiction, but I know I read probably more fiction than nonfiction. So we'll put those on there too. And I know you're a non or a fiction reader as well, right? Yep. So there'll be a full spread and some of them will just be like fun reads and some of them will be, you know, more like the happiness project or 4,000 weeks. Cool. All right, what's next? Next, uh, I am almost done with my project house, Doug. That is the house we bought on a whim that we are going to turn into a medium-term rental. We are sanding down the hardwood floors. I found someone to do it with me, and part of the uh, – I've always wanted to learn how to do that just because I think uh, any skill you can add to your toolkit might help you down the road. This one isn't actually very fun. Refinishing hardwood floors sucks, uh, but I'm learning it, and I'll, and I'll be able to do it at some point in the future that should be done at the end of next week. And then we just have to uh, put trim up and stage the house and it's pretty much done. That's awesome. And then how long did you end up working on it total? Yeah, we started in September and we're done now. So what does that come out to? About three months, but it was a pretty, we worked on it pretty hard during those three months. And I violated some of my rules. For example, we weren't going to work on it on weekends and we turned out actually, it turned out that we actually did some of that, mm -hmm. which I'm not happy with. Uh, it was because of our own scope creep and things we decided to do that weren't originally in the plan, but it'll be fine. I'm kind of curious to see how the rental part turns out because the world has changed since we bought it. The Aussie market is definitely way different. So it should be an interesting experiment. If it doesn't work, we'll just sell it and get rid of it. Okay. And I remember when you, when you first got the house, I asked you how long you thought you'd work on it. How, how, you know, just how long it would take, how much effort. And you were like, I'm going to hire people. So as the scope changed and as you, you know, whenever you work on a project, you get more information. Once you get started, you realize uh, we talked about it a couple of weeks ago, there was a plumbing issue, right? Or potential issue, major issue, if you didn't fix it, but it was like pipes 
near an external wall kind of stuff. So how did you deal with, you know, the changing project, the scope creep and all that stuff? Cause the original question was, do you remember how long you estimated at first? Yeah, I don't remember, you know, but I remember thinking that I thought it would have been mostly done by, by Mindy's birthday, which was at the end of October. And here we are mid-December and we are still working on it. So it definitely went a lot bigger. A lot of that was because of the bathroom remodel we decided to do. And it turned out that the handyman who had worked on this house um, did a bunch of things that he shouldn't do. You alluded to the pipes in the exterior wall, which is not a good idea in a cold environment like Colorado. They have the potential to blow up if you do that. And when I took the wall off, I discovered that a lot of the drywall wasn't even fastened to anything because there wasn't anything to fasten it to. So yeah, you open up one can of worms and there's another can of worms in there and on and on and on. So yeah, what was your original question? It definitely took longer than we thought it would be. And we just, we had to swallow our time and do that instead of practicing Spanish or the keyboard or everything else I wanted right. to work on. And I don't remember, I think you said like, I, I want to say like four to six weeks. It could have been eight yeah. um, total, but someone will remember in the, in the, uh, in the comments, they'll remember exactly what it is. So, and based on that and the other houses that you've worked on, has anything ever worked out in the best case scenario? Like, for example, you were like, oh, we discovered some other shit. You always discover other shit. Not you specifically, but like yeah. us, when we look at a project, we always underestimate because everything gets fucked up as soon as you get started. So... Is that, was that the case for all the other houses that you've worked on? Yeah, I'm trying to think of, of projects that went better than expected. There are some, but they're minimal ones. For example, the house that we live in had a bunch of wallpaper on it, and wallpaper can be your worst nightmare, or it could be great. Uh, and most of the wallpaper just tore off and left a clean surface underneath. We didn't even have to treat it. There was one room where... Uh, I had planned like a week for a bathroom remodel and I did it in a week, but like three quarters of that time was trying to get wallpaper pipe paste off the wall. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I would say overall things have a tendency to go bad. There's so many variables, right? Like uh, you could plan the best you could possibly plan, but then you can't get a certain part. And that was especially true during the pandemic one. I was doing my solar panels. A lot of stuff was just sold out. So you got to try to source it from the internet and you spend half your time just on different sites trying to get these parts or else you're going to be pushed back. But yeah, there's always going to be something that doesn't go right or it's impossible. It's kind of like software development, actually. It's the uh, unknown unknowns, right? Have mm -hmm. you heard that phrase before? Yes. Yeah, yeah. And I was going to say for the project managers out there, you saw what I was doing the whole time. This is a series of questions that lasted many episodes, but basically um, it's exactly that. And you worked with project managers in your software days, right? Sure. So yeah, it's like nothing goes as planned and like everything gets fucked up and it's like you have to overestimate everything. And then like, if you're lucky, you hit it. And there's a law, there's like a, a um, I don't know if it's a psychological thing, but it's like, things always take longer than you think. Even if you take into account the law, it still takes you longer <laughs> than whatever you overestimated. I'll look it up. It's something. I, I forget the name of it. But anyway, it's interesting. Yeah. I, 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 it's really hard to estimate projects because you just don't know. Yeah. All right. 
Cool. So you're almost done. You got a week left or so? Yeah, I, I would say so. Maybe a couple of weeks. We'll have to stage it and do a bunch of touch-up stuff. Then we'll have to produce an ad, maybe take some videos and good photographs, stuff like that. Cool. Awesome. So before we get to the, the last couple here, we got some cool ones. Um, we have a buy me a coffee page, which is like Patreon, and it allows you to give us donations. It's like a listener supported thing. And we're, uh, we're trying not to run ads. We may still test some of them, but I do want to give an update for people. And are we okay? You're all right with sharing the actual dollar amounts here? Uh, sure. Okay. So uh, first off, shout out to Eddie and Travis. They're from down shift financial and they actually joined up at the white asparagus level which is clearly the top level and they get some extra stuff so if you do support the show you get extra content we've been posting a few pictures here and there which we actually need to take a picture today while we're recording and um, some other stuff so at the white asparagus level they actually get uh, custom exclusive t-shirts which i'm not sure what we're going to put on it but it will only be four people at the white asparagus level. So if you're at a conference or something, you know you're a, a big supporter of the Mile High Five. You have whatever kind of weird T-shirt we come up with. We'll make it presentable. There won't be any like uh, penis drawings or anything. Those will be different. <laughs> Those will be different. And they also get a handwritten postcard once a quarter from Carl or myself. And we'll send it to them and we'll work out the details on that. But uh, yeah, thanks to Eddie and Travis. They were on the show a couple times, so we'll link up to their show so people can check it out. And here's some of the numbers here. We have um, an anonymous person actually purchased us five beers, so we changed it to buy me a coffee to buy me a beer. So uh, he bought us five beers, which is really cool. I think those represent a $5 each donation. And then we have $85 in one-time donations and 225 of recurring memberships. And that's what we really want, the recurring memberships, so we can sort of count on a certain amount of revenue to help pay for the show. So it's not Carl and I going out and drinking. We have uh, an editor and, a, and an admin and producer that help us get the show out. There's actually... There's far more work than people might expect. Like, I don't, you don't even know how much work we're doing on the other side, do you? No, I have no idea. You facilitate all that. But but thank you, Doug. <laughs> Whatever it is, you're, you're doing awesome. Thank you. And we got Alan's show too. So we're trying to cover Alan's costs too. So it's, it's more, and I think at some point we could actually share the details or maybe we'll put it in a blog post. But anyway, we're doing Alan's show too. So we're just trying to cover the cost. And for the number of downloads, like we should be able to get enough to cover our cost and uh, be in good shape. So anyway, any, anything else to add for buy me coffee? Yeah. I, I just want to say, we hope that people find value in this. We're silly a lot, but we hope we have extra information at least occasionally. And, uh, if anyone has questions, we do these mailbag episodes, please send us your questions. We'll get someone who can answer it if we can't, but yeah, we look forward to helping y'all and hope hopefully we provide some value and entertainment in your life. And thanks to all the people that have uh, supported the show, uh, you know, one-time donations or the memberships. We really do appreciate it. Okay. So what is next for you, Carl? Yeah, I guess I've alluded to this at a, on a couple of previous episodes, but I think I'm actually going to retire soon. And I was thinking about it. I quit my job back in April of 2017, but I really never stopped working. It hasn't been for a formal job, but I've always been working on houses, 
we moved after that, and uh, I think when I quit the previous house, like three houses ago, wasn't even done. Um, so I still need to finish <laughs> our primary house and this project house we're working on. But after that, we are not buying any more houses or taking on any more projects besides what I'm doing already. And I, I kind of think I needed that transition period to throttle on. I couldn't have gone just from uh, working full-time to what my life will be like a year from now when I don't have all this stuff keeping me busy. So I needed it, but now I'm ready to embrace it and not go crazy with more big projects. What are you most looking forward to? <sighs> Working on my Spanish skills. I want to go to, I think we're going to go to Ecuador in August and do an immersion program. And also uh, working on the keyboard. I've been playing a lot. Uh, Doug, we have a Christmas party coming up that you are going to perform at. And I hope to perform if I can get my song down. And the third one I would say is my webcomic, which I have been working on behind the scenes. Uh, I'll launch that next year. Okay, cool. That's that's quite a bit of stuff. I, um, I think that's amazing. You're going to have a good time. Yeah, you're an inspiration for laziness, Doug. Thanks. You inspire me, Doug. Thank you. It's very easy. All you have to do is nothing. Yeah, yeah. It's super easy. Yeah, you're inspiringly uninspiring? How would I say that? Your uninspiration is inspiring? Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. All right. As we wrap up here, my buddy gave me a piece of meat. He gave me a bone-in ribeye, certified Angus beef, my buddy TJ. I don't think he listens to the show, but I'll give him a shout out here. And... He's uh, he's a rancher from uh, South Dakota. His family like raised cattle and stuff like that, so he knows beef. And he got this for me, a while, maybe even two years ago. Um, but it was in the freezer, and we just cooked it last night. I'll show you some pictures. I'll post it on the Buy Me a Coffee page so people can go check it out. I think I could even post pictures so everyone can see it. But just go over to the page, and you can see the picture of this. But it looks like something that the Flintstones would eat, right? It. Is, uh, it was a huge, uh, like, three-pound steak. It was probably three, four inches, three inches thick, something like that. And then the the bone was not just the normal, like, bone in the size of the steak. It was, like, 18 inches long or so. It was – I had a hard time uh, cooking it because it was so big. So it's just huge rib bone on there. And I smoked it for – about an hour and a half to two hours, got it up to about 115 degrees or so. And then I pulled it, just kept it warm in the oven. Uh, didn't let it get much hotter than that. And then I seared the whole thing um, over very hot charcoal for just maybe like 90 seconds on each side. It was super hot and then finished it off in the oven and then topped it off with a compound butter, which I roasted garlic, put some herbs in there and have this great compound butter. So it, it was fantastic. I know we've talked about steaks a little bit and that was maybe one of the best ones that I've made. How do you even cook something that thick? Like is the inside, the inside must be pretty pink, right? Which is how it should be anyway. But how do you... Get the inside so it's not cold, I guess. So the technique that I just described was a reverse sear. So, and that's kind of what I did when, um, like you've had some of the steaks that I've made. So I very slowly heated the whole thing up in the smoker 
for like the hour and a half or two. So I got it up to the exact temperature that I wanted it to, basically 115, because I was aiming for like medium rare. And then the whole thing is basically like perfectly done at 115 because it was such a low temperature. I think I, the smoker was only at like 200 degrees. So everything gets heated really evenly. It's just about where it needs to be. And then I just held it at that temperature, which I think helps tenderize the whole thing. And then when I sear the outside, it's only heating that outer layer. So it's like super crusty on the outside. I did like the refrigerator, uh, a like dry aging with salt too. I could do a whole show on, on this, by the way. And so that is how it's done. So it was perfectly like medium rare, like throughout. And then I, I sliced it, I, I let it cool and everything. And then I sliced it up and like drizzled the compound butter on it. So, so yeah, you just, you cook it really slowly and then it's right at the right temperature that you want it. And then when you sear the outside, it doesn't cook the inside anymore. Hmm. Doug, I'm a, I'm a bit jealous. Do you know what I had for you? had that for dinner last night, right? Yeah. Do you know what my dinner was last night? <laughs> what? <laughs> it was a stir fry with celery, carrots, and potatoes with, uh, with tofu on top. Oh, tofu. Yeah. Nice. How often do you guys have tofu? Uh, probably once or twice a week. It, it was a Japanese curry. It actually tastes pretty good, but uh, yeah, that's like one compared to your <laughs> meal, which was a nine or ten. That's funny. And it's like, ah, oh, it tastes pretty good, but then like have a piece of steak next to it, and you're like, this is garbage. <laughs> Did you ever watch the show uh, Parks and Rec? Yes. And uh, do you remember when Ron and Ron Swanson and Chris Traeger had a burger uh, cook-off? Do you remember this? I, I don't think I saw that one. We didn't see all. So Chris Traeger, I think he's vegan, right? So played by uh, Rob Lowe. And he made a really good sort of foodie style, like mushroom hamburger. And someone tasted it and they were like, this is fantastic. Ron Swanson got the cheapest beef that he can get, the cheapest buns. And uh, he put salt on it. And he said, oh, you can put ketchup on it if you want. And then all the tasters had the real beef and they were like, yeah, this one wins. This is an amazing burger. It's the best burger I've ever had. <laughs> and um, yeah, that's, that's probably how it would go. It's like, uh, cause I, I would try the tofu and like, oh yeah, that's pretty good. Like for tofu. Right? <sighs> You're making me hungry and, and a little bit jealous. <laughs> you know what? I have some leftovers. I'll give you some, I'll give you some when you leave. Okay. Well, we also had tempe to compliment that you ever, I, I think I'm saying it right. Do you know what that is? Or? I, you know what? I have seen it around, um, like at the farm or yeah, the, yeah, the farmer's market at the, uh, fairgrounds or whatever. I've seen that. I've seen the yeah. samples, but I'm like, nah, I'm not going to try that. Yeah. What, what is it? I, I don't even know what it is. It's like, I think it's some soy product. So it's kind of like tofu, but not as good. <laughs> It's like tofu, but not as good. That's, that's even worse. Precisely. All right. Cool. Well, I think that's it for today. Anything else on your mind, Carl? No, I think that's it. Uh, yeah. I'll see you Saturday, Doug, when we both have a musical performance. Very nervous. Yeah. We'll see if we can get some footage of that. I'm sure we could take a couple pictures for the Buy Me a Coffee page. Mm, for let's, sure. Let's do it. Maybe can we post a video to that or? Oh, well, I'm sure the technology is there. We could figure something out. Okay, cool. All right. Thanks for listening to the show. That was the Mile High Five podcast, and I'm Doug Cunnington, the Balder host, and Carl Jensen is the cool, sexy one. If you dig the show, please do three things for us. Number one, tell a friend, a family member, an enemy about the show. We really don't care who you tell. 
maybe forward them a specific show that you know that they will like. It's the single most helpful thing that you can do to spread the word. It's like giving us a virtual high five and uh, actually we don't give high fives in, in person. So the virtual kind's pretty good. And more importantly, your friend or family member or even your enemy will appreciate the fact that you were thinking of them. Number two, make sure you're following or subscribed on your podcast app, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Overcast, YouTube, whatever you're using. And that way you won't miss a show. And number three, please leave us a rating and review. We read them on the show occasionally, and you might hear yours out there on an upcoming episode. Quick disclaimer, this show is not financial or legal advice. I'd actually be surprised if it sounded like it. It's really just for entertainment, and that's at least what we're hoping for. But seriously, get advice from professionals. Carl and I are just two guys with microphones that sit in my basement and talk. So we'll catch y'all next week. Christmas is upon us, Carl. Do you have any uh, big, you know, gift plans? Do you do a lot of gifts, gift giving, or how, how do you do it at your place? We try not to. The whole that whole exercise drives me batshit crazy because Doug, my well, I won't call him out, but a certain segment of my extended family does this thing where you tell each other what gift card you want and then you just, and there's a $50 limit. So you just say, Oh, I want a home Depot gift card. So you get a $50 gift card for home Depot. And then I buy someone a $50 gift card for like Taco Bell or whatever they want. And uh, if that's not bad enough, there was one time where one of these people had requested a gift card from somewhere and um, Mindy didn't have enough time to get it. So she just gave this person $50 in cash and you think that'd be okay. Like that's better. I would think exactly, Doug. That, that's where I was going with this. I would think that was better. This person had a shit fit. I kid you not. Started screaming and yelling. They felt so offended. I they must have had something else going on there on in their life to be that mad and that angry to not get. It was supposed to be a Target fifty dollars gift card, and instead they got fifteen cash, and they just went off. Like, what's the matter with you people? So. The whole gift thing drives me nuts. We try to give our girls experiences. That sounds kind of cliche, but yeah, we have everything we want, so we don't need any more junk or trinkets laying around the house. So we've been trying to work out some great experiences for our kids. And actually, we're going to do something crazy. We're going to take them. They don't listen to this podcast, and this they might have received this in time. So we've been giving them clues every day, and we're going to take them to... New York City over their spring break to see the Hamilton musical. And I'm not a musical fan. I like New York City and I don't like musicals, but I'm going to take one for the team and go see it. That's cool. That's very cool. Yeah. Um, How about you, Doug? Yeah. And to your point on the, on the gift giving stuff, my, my immediate family, we don't give gifts to the siblings. We'll give it to like kids under 18 we don't have any kids, so Georgie gets some gifts. My sisters are trying to be nice. And then we would you know, give gifts to like parents or parents or whatever and maybe get something. But yeah, everybody has what they need. Now, I won't mention the, the other side of the family either, but I think you could tell which side it is since I just told you about about mine. So they they did like a gift exchange where like you did try to figure out like what the person wanted, but a lot of times you would just tell them exactly 
what you wanted to get, which is like at that point, just go fucking buy it yourself, right? Then it degraded to gift card exchanges of like $100. And I was like, this is just dumb. And then you potentially forget to use the gift card. The money just goes away. So cash is definitely much better. Uh, yeah, the gift card exchange thing is kind of ridiculous. Yeah, I can't stand it. I wish, in, in the case of my family, they always feel obligated to buy stuff. And meanwhile, um, some of them live close to the margins, so they don't have enough money. that They'd rather spend money to buy me something instead of coming out to see me. I'm like, just save it, buy a plane ticket or drive out to see me, spend it on gas. But yeah. Yeah, yeah. But we, we uh, Elizabeth and I like giving gifts and she's really good at it. So, you know, we exchange some stuff like we used to do more, but depending on like if someone needs something like we'll, you know, spend a little bit more. The other thing is Elizabeth's birthday is around this time of year as well. So it's like I have to give I have to think really hard and give multiple sets of gifts, stuff like that. You can't just get a two for one on that one. Hey, happy birthday and Merry Christmas. <laughs> no, I don't think you can do that. And does Mindy listen to this show? Um, no. Should I, are you sure? Yeah. Okay. So one gift I think you should give her is uh, the dance lessons. So our friend Jake has done it. Our other friend Eric is probably going to do it, I think. And you'll fit in. It's really, I mean, it's awkward at first, but once you get past that, it's pretty fun. And she would love it because it's definitely not for you. It's truly a gift for Mindy. Do I have to go with, can I just send her there by herself? No, I think part of the gift is you... (laughs) suffering through the awkwardness but once you get over it i'm telling you it's fun well you you took dance lessons before yeah it was a long time ago and i had ulterior motives um yeah i wonder if i could hire someone from like fiverr to go with her this sounds like a yeah it could backfire on me part of it (laughs) part of it is really you going in there and you're like oh no because it's really funny for our partners to see (laughs) see what we're doing (laughs) i've gotten better though i've gotten better i mean before it was really bad now it's just Mostly bad. <laughs> Do you care to bust a move or on YouTube here? Not with me or anything. Just pretend that Elizabeth is there. Or we could get her down here. Or Georgie. I don't uh, you know what? Not now, but sometime uh, we, we can do it. We're not really set up for dancing. We uh, are. We ha- <laughs> with a disco ball. Yeah. <laughs> it's literally set up for dancing yeah. here. But uh, yeah, with the wires and stuff. I haven't recorded any yet, but we do have a private lesson coming up. So maybe I could do it then. Private? Ooh. Yeah. I mean, there's other people there. In, in the building. So, okay. 